Pump it up, let's go. If you think you're too cool to boogie, boy, oh boy, have I got news for you. Everybody here tonight must boogie. Let me tell you, you are no exception to the rule. Now, the name of that song is what? Boogie Oogie Oogie. That's deep. I'm telling you. So this great spiritual truth I will be bringing to you today... I hope we'll heard that song this week that came out the year I graduated high school. I think it became number one in 1978. Yes, that's been a while. But when I heard it, and then I found the backstory to it, I thought, isn't it interesting sometimes when you, you hear the finished product, and you see the finished product, but you don't know the backstory. I think there is a deep spiritual thought behind that. Because so often we see people where they are now. And if you've just met them or, or, or whatever, you go, well, yeah, you've got it easy because look at your life now. But what you don't know is how it, what it took to get there. You sell them short because you don't know the sacrifice and the, and the commitment and the heartache and the choices that had to be made to get there. This song... Some ways by accident, there's been some ingenious things or good things happen in life by accident. If they ever happened to you, go, well, I, I took the wrong turn or I, I showed up for work that day and, hey, somehow or another, I, uh, somebody, showed, somebody drove on the parking lot in, in, in July 31st, 1985, and uh, she was wearing a red miniskirt, and I just happened to be the first one out there. Okay, all I can tell you is that's how I met Jan. I showed up for work on time. <laughs> well, sometimes just little choices have a tendency to change the trajectory of your life. Something you never intended became something very providential in your life. This song... The lady, because if you don't know, A Taste of Honey is the name of the group, but it's two ladies singing up front. One of them's playing a bass. I mean, it's cool looking. If you go back and look it up, I mean, they're cool looking, man. They're up there playing a bass. I mean, she's actually playing. It's not like a, a fake thing or anything like that. She's playing. And they were at a military base, I don't know, in the mid-70s or, or whatever time it was. It just came out in 78, but I don't know when that actually happened. 
But the back story is, they're up there doing their songs, not this song, because it wasn't a song yet. But she says to the military, the, the military people there, these words. If you're thinking you're too cool to boogie, boy, oh boy, have I got news for you. Everybody here tonight must boogie. Let me tell you, you're no exception up to, to the rule. Get on up on the floor. And the other person in the band heard those words and go, hey, I think that'll work. And it becomes the number one bestseller. And just the, the, that opening one minute of the boom, boom, you know, all that bass, I know Joel could pull that off for us here for sure, right? It's just her rifting on her own, and somebody else hears it and goes, hey, that sounds awesome. It wasn't intended to be a part of this song. They weren't intended to come together. But when you know the backstory, one of the things I love about this story is that's how I feel some Sundays. Get on up off the floor. <laughs> we've prepared. We've come here tonight. We've come here today to bring the word. We've come here today with the spirit to move. Get on up off the floor. You don't get to sit on the sidelines. You don't get to sit and be a spectator. You don't get that option in life. The other reason I wanted to play that this morning was if you were asking the question, has Pastor Kurt always been this cool? And the answer is yes. Okay, let's get into the Word. There are a lot of things you can learn in an afternoon. You know, you can learn how to ride a bike in an afternoon. Maybe not unbelievable skill set, but you can learn how to ride one. You can learn how to swim in an afternoon, right? Now, you may not be an Olympic swimmer, but you can learn how to swim. And you can learn how to make some type of cookies or food. Certain things you can do in an afternoon, you can learn it. Some things take, some things take a little more time. When I watch this skill set of this group up here, and, and, I, and I see them... Playing, that didn't just happen in an afternoon. Some things it takes some time. Even for me preaching. If you saw me the first time I preached, and now you still have, may have a, a judgment. Some of you are still, you're still showing up after many years, so you must, there's something about it you may appreciate. But the first time I ever preached, as, as many of you already know, I mean, I used to throw up before I preached. I mean, it went on for a few years. Every time I was going to preach, I was throwing up. And I've missed preaching assignments or preaching opportunities because I just called them and said, I can't make it. I'm throwing up too bad. Literally. Not because I was ill, because I had to preach. My first sermon was, I thought it would be 30 minutes. It was like 12 <laughs> <laughs> and as everybody was leaving that Baptist church there at Hooks, Texas, I think I shared this with you before, everybody was just going, man, we like you preaching. You need to preach more often. It had nothing to do with what I had to share. It had to do with the, the brevity of that sermon. 
But a young man came to know the Lord that night. Stumbled around as I did. Eight months being a Christian. 26 years old. Had run from God for a decade. Didn't know enough about it, but just didn't understand it. Didn't want to apply it. Actually, I, was, I, I guess the best term was I was hiding. I hid for a decade. It's a dangerous place to be, by the way, just so you know. But thank goodness of God's redemption. But it's taken a long time to even be able to hone it down to where we are today. It just takes some time, and you got to put your net. I knew God had called me, so I just kept stepping into it. There was no other reason for me to keep doing it. No other reason, because there was no skill set that I had, and there was nothing in my past that said he likes speaking in public. Now, I would have spoken in front of my teammates in basketball and baseball. I, I would have played in front of hundreds, if not thousands of people, if that's what it, if the occasion, it would not have bothered me to, to speak in front of a thousand or ten. Not happening. Nothing about it showed that. But you knew try to continue to be faithful and you kept showing up this week I'm working through and I made changing I think I told you this I've read the Bible through in a year so many times but sometimes if I don't really know what else to do so I continue back and start back in scripture again and working my way through in Genesis and then this week in Genesis 37 specifically and and not all the way to 50 yet but it's the story of Joseph and what's so amazing about the story of Joseph to me, and it goes on for, if you haven't ever read it, I would encourage you to do that. I'm not going to spend time today to go through the 12 chapters. There are 13 chapters. I think it starts 37, ends in 50. But what's amazing about that story is, if you just read the last part of that story, you miss the point. If you see the finished product and you see him crying over his father at the end, and you see them burying him, then he dies. You, if you see that part of the story, you go, oh, isn't that beautiful? If you don't know the rest of the story, you really miss the point. That doesn't mean it's not a beautiful ending. But what it took for the ending to get there, if you don't start in verse 37, man, you miss this meat of what it takes, even how to even apply that story in your own life. Because if you're not careful, you will look at Joseph and go, yeah, he probably had favor. By the way, he did. But not the way you think. Oh, he was born privileged. Well, yeah, I guess in some ways. He had it easy to get where he was. He had it easy where he could be the head over the government decisions about things. He had, the, he had it easy because he became the spokesperson and the leader of his family. If you just saw that, we'll go, of course, he had it easy. See, the person who emerges in Genesis chapter 41, as you would read it, is not the man who was submerged in chapter 37 and sold off into slavery. 
Oh, yeah, that's physically the same person. But everything else changed. He spent over a decade in prison of no fault of his own. When you read the story of Joseph, you read the story of a man who no matter what happened in his life, he tried to make the right decision based on who he was in God. And by the way, when I say he was favored, he was favored again by God. There was no reason for the government to allow him to lead except he was favored by God. And he was favored by God because of steps he took to get to that point. You do wonder, in the middle of his time in prison, and again, you can go read it because it's a lot there. Does he wonder if God's forgotten him? Does he wonder if the integrity that he lived by was worth it? It's one of the things you can learn to do in a moment. You can learn to be a victim in a moment. You can learn in a moment just by watching others or just, I think it's built within us because we see it in the garden. He's learned to blame, deflect. Again, I'm not saying there's not people who are real victims and it may have been you. But there's a difference between being a victim and staying a victim. Huge difference. What happens is when we learn to do that, we don't care who or what we blame. 